0: feel that sometimes your life or those of a loved one are complicated and out of control? You're not alone. Welcome to In the Ring with Mia, featuring five-time world and international boxing champion, Mia St. John. Mia and her guests will share stories and invite open discussions about topics that need to be discussed. You'll be empowered to find help or be help. Now, here's your host, Mia St. John.
1: Good morning, everyone. You're in the ring with Mia, and I'm your host, Mia St. John. We have an exciting show for you today. As always, we have, I'm so excited. We have champion, female champion boxer, Franchon Cruz in the ring today. And we're going to be talking some boxing, and then we'll get into some mental health talk, of course. And then your weekly update on the coronavirus from Dr. Rifkin, so stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. So, you know, normally, uh, normally I don't like to talk boxing, but I have such an exciting guest today that I just couldn't resist. <laughs> um, I mean, boxing was my passion for so many years, uh, for like 30 years, in fact, um, God, ever since I was a kid. Um I mean, I actually got, I remember falling in love with Rocky when I was like 12 years old, back in like 1979. Um, And I wanted to paint my room black and white with Rocky across it. And I kept telling my mom, I'm going to be Rocky Balboa. (laughs) Um, And this was long before like, you know, women's boxing was even uh, televised. But um, anyway, and but I like to feel like well, boxing was like a huge part of me, like I've moved on, you know, and, and while it played a large part, it's still like very much a part of me, but it just played a part in who I am today. But I don't feel like, I, I like to think that I've evolved from that person, but mm-hmm. I had to spend all those years in, in fighting to become the person I am now. But anyway, let's welcome to the ring, Franchon Cruz. Hello, Franchon. Hi. You know what's so funny is, like, you're – I know what you look like. And if those of you out there don't know what Franchon looks like, um, just Google her, her and you'll see her images of the fighting and stuff. And your voice does not match. Your voice is, well, like, so <laughs> sweet and feminine. <laughs> and then you see yourself in – in the ring you're just like you remind me oh, yes yeah it's, <laughs> it's like you remind well, me like go ahead tell tell, my tell the audience th- a little bit about yourself
2: yeah so my first love was singing so um, that's what I did before I even picked up a glove to like technically box I always used to fight in the street but my first love was singing and my mother always worked in a call center so she had one of those nice telephone voices because she worked in customer service. So um, I started boxing probably about 13 years ago. And like you said on your introduction, how boxing is a huge part of you, but it sets you up for life lessons. Like, you know, I feel like I'm more than just a boxer now. I consider myself like a Renaissance woman. And like you're doing great things, having a radio show, and that's like motivation for upcoming females. Like, you know, you don't want to be placed in the box with boxing. even though you have so many accomplishments, and you get so many different experiences, you want to be able to build on top of those. So that's where right. I'm at right now.
1: And you do, because to me, like I look at you and you remind me so much of myself because you really, a, a few reasons, but you really transcend boxing. I mean, you're so multifaceted, you you know, and, and I love that because there's so many fighters that stay kind of like, I don't want to say a one trick pony, but it's kind of like all that they, they live for all that they are. And that can really hurt you when it comes time for retirement. I mean, even I went through like a really difficult retirement. Um, But So you were first a singer and um, how did you get into boxing then? So I just wanted, you know, back
2: in the day, day, it was a lot of standards. Like you had to be a certain size, you had to have a certain look. And I was not the conventional singer. Um, I'm an athletic build, um, muscular woman. And, You know, I was young and I, you know, I had baby fat on me. So they said, hey, you know, you have to lose weight and do all these things. And I'm like, okay, I've always played sports like softball. I swam a little bit. I played basketball a little bit, ran a little track. But I'm like, how am I going to get that skinny? So when I was in the studio, uh, friends of mine said I could lose weight with ducks And and even though I I was a tomboy, I used to fight all the boys in school, I never like, dreamed about being a boxer. How you say, you know, you looked at Rocky. I just knew, like, the popular boxers, but I never, like, thought in a million years, hey, I want to be a world champion boxer. Right. So, <laughs> when they said, you can lose weight with boxing, I went to the gym, and I was hooked. Like, literally, I got into my first bar match, probably the first day I went, busted lip,
1: and I never left the gym. Wow. And, you know, I see that in you when I see a fight, you're by the way, uh, you're my favorite fighter, like I could sit and watch you all day long. And when I see fights on TV of other women, I'm like, no, like, I want to see Franchon. And I'll tell you why, like, we, okay, so you remind me of myself, because like, I was never, like, in the first part of my career, like, I just fought like you said like a savage like I was just so freaking determined and I did not care how technically sound you were I was Mm -hmm. just going to keep coming keep coming and nothing was going you could have hit me with a two by four and I was still going to keep Mm -hmm. coming at you so that's what I had was just that tenacity you know and mm-hmm. and I see that with you, even in your fight with Clarissa Shields, it's like she's very technically sound, but but there's nothing like that ferociousness that you have, that determination yeah. to win.
2: Well, I like to because my first aspiration was to
1: be an entertainer, and
2: I think as I've gotten older and more experienced with boxing and just like period, I've come into my own and realized. Like okay, yeah, I can be technical. I'm very experienced. I fought on an elite levels as an amateur. Now the pro, with the resources, without the resources, I can fight. But I realize like people don't want to just see that; they want to see entertained. So I right. think one of the 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 allure of when I fight is I bring drama. Like you you know, right? You can feel every emotion. Like this girl wants to win, or damn, she's beating her up. So I just feel like people just like get an experience with me and that's what I want to give. Cause I'm very, I can fight. Like I have a very high boxing IQ and I'm diverse in the ring and I hope to show that in the future, but I'm just going to give the people what they want.
1: Right. Right. I mean, you're <laughs> you, but you have it right. Like w- what people don't realize is that we're entertainers. Uh I mean, that's what we're hired to do is entertain the crowd. And you have a lot of fighters that are, um, I'm not going to say boring, but they're very laid back, very technically sound. And um, I think that they're missing what pro boxing is all about. You know, like we're hired to go into the ring and entertain the crowd. The
2: thing is, what I realized, like, Um, You know, being a female boxer, we already are met with with a lot of disparities. You know, of course, the inequalities with money and opportunities, but we have superpowers because we know how to go from rugged to glamorous, or we know how to make, we we know we have to find a different way. Like, say we are technical, say we aren't the most technical, how can we entertain our, our fans outside of the ring? And right. that's where,
1: you know, you get to build upon your brand. Right, exactly. And you do. And by the way, you're like, I could see you as a model too, because you're so like, oh. you're glamorous and, you know, you. you know a lot of, you seem <laughs> to be very fashion savvy too. Um, Look, you I don't saw want your to re- talk. I see you. you, you put us to shame. Mia is Uh-oh. killing it. <laughs> no, well, you know, I, I tried to like, Use like you said, like you know, we we have to use everything that we have, and that's basically like what I did. I tried to, um, you know, appeal to the crowd that was following me because in the beginning, I don't know if you know this, uh-huh. but long ago, when I turned pro, like back in the mid '90s, um, I was with Don King, and uh-huh. he had me in all black. No makeup. Um, just and it wasn't like for some reason it didn't work. It was unappealing to the crowd. And when I went to Bob Arum, that's when they changed everything and said, No, 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 no. We're gonna do this, you're gonna be in pink, pink. Yeah, pink, you're gonna wear makeup, <laughs> you're gonna have your hair done. And for some reason, like it worked. It worked and because so you I, were being
2: authentic, you were a woman first. You're always a woman first identifier even if you're not the girly girly woman but just be yourself you know
1: yeah once and, trend, I, it, it, and, and I think like I'm both like there's a there's a huge tomboy in me um so I, I could I could play both I could be like that and I was like a crazy girl in the ring I mean I was just like I, uh, that man in me really came out. And even Aram said, like, they would tell me like, no, 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 you got to act more feminine. Like you got to let go of that, that tomboyness. And I'm like, but that's me. Like I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm rough. And, and that's just how I am. But I had to kind of learn as I went along, especially in press conferences, like how to conduct myself. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. I
2: mean, it's it's just, it's just refining, and in those times, it was a lot different. These days, you know, um, I guess, I'm not going to say more acceptance, but it's just, you have more leeway to just be you, and they're trying to blur the lines between, you know, they just want fighters, you know what I'm saying, Yeah. But you can be super refined like me, I'm not a a crap talker, but if you catch me on the right day, you might see the other side of me come out.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
2: And you have some fighters who are good at trash talking.
1: (laughs) And I know. And it's so funny because sometimes like, uh, we have to take a break in a second, but I, I see that in you. Like when you're fighting, I'm, I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, she's stylish and glamorous, but boy, there's that side that Uh will kick your ass. (laughs) Yep. So let's take, I hope you'll stay with us for another segment. Uh, We have to take a break and we'll be right back with Franchon Cruz. Okay. So let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills, because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural, you can keep it a secret. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should should consult with his experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers along with him also being a professional sculptor has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex please don't wait and visit dr lawrence rifkin.com or call 310-273-0200
0: We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives
1: of those who need it the most. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening
0: to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Mia St. John blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring.
1: And you're back in the ring with Franton Cruz, champion boxer. Um... Welcome back, everybody. We have a caller. Are you you willing to take callers, Franchon? Sure. We have Robin from San Diego. Okay. Hello. Robin, are you there? Hello. Hi, Robin. Good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you guys? Good morning. Great. What's your question? (laughs) I just wanted to call in and and tell Mia that... um, I've been seeing you on the media and um, I think you're a strong woman and I just celebrated two years of sobriety oh on April God. 30th Congratulations. and this is the longest time I've ever been sober <laughs> longest time I've ever been sober my whole time since I started drinking Congratulations. and um, this whole situation that we're in currently um, it's very surreal to me especially in recovery but um I try my best to stay focused and remember the program, what, you know, I learned from the program, um, because if I, you know, um, go on my own will, then I I fear to relapse, and I don't want to, you know, go back to where I was. So I try everything (laughs) to my higher power to keep me from taking that first drink. And this is
1: such a hard time to stay sober in. So
3: it is. It is. And you know, I know that alcohol sales have been up. The sales are up. You know, and um, And but you know, yeah. I you know I try everything. You know what is taught that I learned through the program. Of Just these past Mm -hmm. two years, you know, and um, I'm so grateful that I I got to this program just in time because now I'm prepared for something like this happening. And I know I have to be focused and, you know, just keep on going because I may need, somebody may need me, you know, if they're in dire straits and I need to be there for them and I need to help others as I'm trying to work, you know, continue to work on you know this program and I started drinking when I was five years old <laughs> wow. and um, I took my first like beer you know in this I was a 70s child and you know your parents give you your beer and oh yeah. I like that and, you know and during your t- teenage years you experiment and then as I got older it got worse and worse And I started Mm -hmm. um, really drinking a lot when I was 18, and I would party in Mexico, you know, like most of us. And and it got worse Mm -hmm. and worse. And then finally, at age 8, in my 40s, I said, you know, um, I'm declining. Um, My spiritual fitness was, you know, my morals were going out the window. My physical health was going out the window, and I needed to do something about it. So thanks to my higher power, I am now sober and... um, that is I'm grateful. Great. Thank you so Bless much yeah.
1: for sharing your story. Thank yeah. you, Robin. That's amazing.
2: We're all, we're um, all in, in some kind of fight. You know, yeah. you know mine is in the ring. But, you know, that's but that's you, know, you have to have You have,
1: Franchon, you have, correct me if I'm wrong, you suffered your own battles with mental health issues. Of course. Have you of not? I you tell, every us a, day. tell us a little about that.
2: Well, I mean, I lost my mom in 2016, and I was her primary caregiver, and basically, of course, you're going to be attached to your mom, but she was like the this, this stable, I would say like the stable thing in my life, and when she left, I kind of was at like a weird place in my life because I had just turned pro, which was, even though I came up short in my fight, it was a big step for me, so I'm on a high, and then two weeks later, she passed away and I'm in school, and I'm the only one taking care of everything. So I went into a deep depression. Like, I couldn't work for a month. I couldn't do anything and still try to get arrangements for her. So right. I battle depression even to this day because, you know, your mom or that, that elder figure in your life helps you get through life. And especially right. in the lifestyle I live, you know, you you know from experience, you know, being a public figure isn't easy. And sometimes you right. need to have that person that's uh down to earth and can bring you back. But um, you know, I just put my put my faith into a higher power. I use my right. support system like my husband and I just indulge myself into my craft which is boxing, my design, right. school, and I just realized like like the cause of just that just call said, you know, if I give up, somebody out there needs me and somebody else can relate to me. So that's one thing that I hold on to. But I also, I just try to really use my support system. And if I'm not feeling okay, I let let it be known so I can get the support I need.
1: Right. And that's so important. Like I tell people all the time, like you've got to tell someone, talk to somebody. Um, And that's something like, you know, my son, like I was always his go-to, like if he wasn't feeling well or, but the one thing mm-hmm. he was always embarrassed to tell me was that he was hearing voices. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are, I want people to know that there are, there is treatment out there for that. So don't end up, um you know, like my son, unfortunately took his life. It was just, it was so, um, his illness was just so brutal, but, tell someone I mean speak
2: people, people these days and in, in, in like in my you know like my community which is you know my you know being younger being a person of color and mm-hmm. we we get negative stigma on you know using counseling using these mental health services or yeah. support groups when when it is not something bad and it doesn't have to be like you know, going to a doctor or a psychiatrist, like, hey, you know, talking, talking in a condescending way, a support group can just be like a group of friends who's going through it, just having like a mentor or somebody that you can be yourself with. So I would just suggest if you are going through a hard time and you need a non-judgmental
1: ear, like reach out for those services, reach out for that support. Right. And like you, like you said, I'm so glad you brought that up. But for Latinos and and the African Americans, it is such a stigma.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And my son was both. You know, he he's black and uh, Mexican. Uh-huh. And on both sides, there was such a huge stigma. And uh-huh. and that's one thing. Like I really want to do is is really talk to the crowd that that that's in that those cultures, like, to let them know that there's nothing wrong with you. That this is these are like everyone goes through mental health issues at some point in their life. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, for someone to say, Oh, I've never been anxious. I've never been depressed. I've never had this. I mean, please come on. Like we've, we can all relate. It's just, are, are you willing to admit it So, And I love that you are. I love that you are. I could see you being like, um, giving talks one day or writing a book one day, like your life is so interesting and the fact that you are. Well, so I don't
2: Like, I don't want to indulge in it. Like, you know, I shared a story about my mom, but even like my last fight was very, very traumatizing for me. So I've been working through that and, you know, just trying to find my footing with that. But if I didn't have like my support systems in the past, I wouldn't be able to continue moving forward. But Trust me, every day you can be traumatized, like being stuck in the house when your routine is always going to the gym, being being able to go different places can, you know, trigger you off. Well. So it's okay. Just right.
1: Embrace it. Reach out if you need to. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so speaking of, I'll get into this a little bit later, but where do you think that women's boxing is going now? And I mean, do you think well, that we're advancing?
2: I, oh yeah, I really do. I do. Um, it's it's becoming more. Um, it's opening up. It's not just like one person that's you know always winning. There's a lot of talent out there, and they're starting to get the, the exposure. The promoters are opening up a little bit, and I, I think I think it's advancing.
1: And you know, we've seen so many fighters lately that have been um, that have tested positive for um, peds. And you know i I came out and admitted that um I did it for a lot of my career and but mm-hmm. back then, back then, it was like it was just, you know, it was accepted. I mean, you'd walk into a gym. And you'd see the trainer there injecting his his fighters and, uh, and it was just like the norm. It's just like what we did in the 90s. And as I started to evolve and, you know, realize like what I was doing, like I started, I, I tried to like tell promoters, tell managers, tell the commissions like what was happening. Do you know that nobody wanted to hear it? Um, no hush hush like don't bring that up don't let's we're not going to deal with that don't talk about it um i wrote letters um because i feel like i could be a great help i could show them what's wrong with the testing and how we're getting around it. you know And that's something that just nobody, so do you feel that that's kind of still how boxing is? It's like, it's a, it's a topic that nobody still really wants to deal with, but it's still a huge problem. Well,
2: I mean, I mean, back, back in those times where women's boxing was on the rise, but I don't think it was as prominent or we had access to as much, as many resources as we do now. Um. It's of course in certain areas that there, there is a lot of hush hush. But for me, being a person who is on the, the receiving end of, you know, someone utilizing PEDs, I'm going to make it my business to spread awareness. I know yes. for the rest of my career, I'm going to make sure there's testing. And I mean, I can just use my experience because, like I said, I'm traumatized, and I I could have right. lost my life. It is. It and, is traumatizing. I think this is an opportunity, my situation is an opportunity to um, use use it in a way that can set the tone for the future because as women boxers are advancing in skill and everything else, I think allowing PEDs or just being nonchalant about it is setting us back a long way. So if we want to be respected And and
1: treated equally, we need to get the same respect In that area, like the men do. Right. And I totally get what you mean about being traumatized. Because, you know, when I finally quit and cleaned myself up and started complaining about it, I I became on the receiving end. Where now it was my turn. I guess, I don't know, karma, whatever. And let me tell you, that fight, like, traumatized me. And I realized, I realized like, whoa, like, but that's what I was doing, you know? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, like how life will do that to you, Um, turn shit around, (laughs) you know, but no, but I'm glad that you're vocal about it. And I think that's just what we have to keep doing is keep talking about it. Um, exactly it okay, is a problem so Franchon tell everyone how how they can find you how can we get a hold of you well I'm
2: on Instagram and Twitter is at P-H-E-H-H-D-I-V-A the diva, and on Facebook Franchon Cruz Duzern the Heavy Hitting Diva and I appreciate you so much
1: Mia had a great time Thanks. You too. Thank you so much for being a guest in the ring. You Already. Awesome. I'll see you around. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Fred bye. John. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set,
0: she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit
1: miastjohnfoundation.org
0: today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most.
1: Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills, because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural, you can keep it a secret... Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs, from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. You
0: are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Mia St. John blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring.
1: Welcome, and we're back in the ring. Ding, ding. I believe we have Dr. Lawrence Rifkin with us now.
4: Ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding. I like the way you, you just, know, yeah, I like the way you we, introduced everybody.
1: Ew, we were just talking just, boxing with Franchon Cruz. I don't know if you were listening. Um, yeah,
4: absolutely. She's still on? Uh,
1: no, 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 no. She's She's gone, but... Um, yeah, uh, she's no, like good. one of my favorite, one of my favorite fighters, and I know mm-hmm. that you know something about boxing, a thing or two. Um, you actually uh, a couple you make, of ma- you, you make mouthpieces for fighters.
4: Yeah, you know what? If I could say one thing. If you know, I always always start with my own little introduction, and and your show is so great. But I have to tell your audience that you know this is a radio show, but with you two beautiful ladies on this show, this should have been videoed, not just radio. I mean, I maybe know. I have the face made for radio, but you two are absolutely gorgeous. You know, you're shiny examples of women that can be both strong, kind, intelligent, and beautiful. So I want to congratulate Franchon. I didn't get a chance to. Say hi to her, but if she's still listening, hi, Fran John. Great job, really proud of you. When Mia puts an accolade or a, uh, a respect on somebody, she really means it. So you're you're a great fighter. I followed you too. And uh, by the way, when I was team dentist for the Lakers, uh, you know uh, I had a great time doing that, meeting with all those great guys and great athletes. But given the choice. Between you two or working for the Lakers, I'd rather work your corners any day. So I just want you all to know that you guys are amazing and you're absolutely gorgeous. They should look you up on the Internet. Number one, you two are so gorgeous you should be videoed, not just radio. I have the face made for radio maybe, but you guys are gorgeous and you're yeah, you're shiny examples of of women that can be strong, kind, intelligent, and beautiful. And you're really you're activist and you're sensitive. And I I think that's just amazing. The two of you, I have great respect for you. I'd rather have you as bodyguards than any other bodyguards I could think about. Uh,
1: and, uh, if I had the and choice, you know, I yeah for, I for those of you who can't see couldn't see Franchon, you got you you've got to Google her, Franchon mm-hmm. Cruz. And she is yeah. a champion boxer and she's gorgeous and she can sing. She, I think she was on um uh what's that? That's right. She was on a what, big show for singing. Um Oh really? American Idol was it?
4: Oh oh was she? Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that girl can sing.
4: Wow. Kinda I like bet the, that rhythm helps her like, in the ring.
1: Kinda like um I
4: was going to say, like, like me, like my singing, huh? Oh, you're, <laughs> <I am> like, <laughs> you two are almost, and close. you're worst close. I'm <laughs> <and> the singer. I'm the world's worst singer.
1: You're well, you a sing good singer. You.
4: You're a good singer. I'm all right. I'm okay. i okay. Well, anyway, when I was with the team, I was with the Lakers as a team dentist, but, you know, I'd much rather work the two of your corners than, than, than be their team dentist, even though I had great respect and had a great time with that. But you guys are awesome. Audience, look them up. Well, They're gorgeous. And they're smart. You,
1: <laughs> you made several mouthpieces for me for mm-hmm. my
2: fight. I, 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 I did. And
1: I still use them today. I have a hot pink one. I have a lime green one. And I have a clear one. And I mm-hmm. still use them to this day. And they are the best. I'll tell you, they're the best mouthpieces I've ever had.
4: Well, it's suckers, important. I mean, uh, they fit.
1: They, they're I, comfortable. Those suckers, like, will not pop out nothing like they're
4: yeah. pretty and you know this, I'm so glad I'm so glad well you know what good are they if they're not comfortable you got to be able to focus on your athletics your fight you can't be worried about it something falling off or being uncomfortable so right. there's many aspects to a mouth guard people think it's just uh, you know put some rubber between your teeth and you're fine Absolutely not. They have to be, and they're much better, much more protective and much more comfortable when mm-hmm. they're made professionally. And, and why is that? Yeah. Because when you do the over-the-counter ones, either they're not boil and bite, they're just a piece of rubber, like I said, or silicone, or they, they fit and you don't know how to put your jaw back because you've got to remember, when you're doing any kind of contact sport, you know, a contact sport can be bicycle riding. You could fall to the ground. That's a contact, Right. You could be on a Mm -hmm. skateboard or a scooter or or basketball, of course, hockey. Oh, my gosh, when I was a team dentist for the Lakers, it was so common to see hockey players missing their front teeth and have these removable appliances because, you know, they get into fights more than anybody intentionally, hockey sticks, uh, falling, helmets in their mouth. They were missing teeth all the time. And uh, nobody wants to have that done because, you know, the cost of replacing Or repairing your front teeth can be tens of thousands of dollars compared to the the minimal amount of a professionally made mouth guard. You know, when we make them in the office, Mia, and you know this because I've made them for you, you know, they're custom fit to your bite. And when a dentist who is trained how to position your jaw back where it's seated in your skull, that way it's more protected should you get a blow to the face of the jaw. If it's forward, you could fracture part of the jaw much more easily than when it's fitted proper bite. And also, when it's extended to the right level underneath your lips, your lip is more protected from cuts. And so, designing and fabricating a custom-made professional mouth guard is so important for athletics. It's yeah. more comfortable, better breathing, and just, you know, much more protective. So,
1: Right. And you
4: so know, yeah. So, if you guys okay. need a
1: mouthpiece uh, out there, you know who to call.
4: Yeah, or or your dentist that knows how to make them that does this all the time. They have to know. I'm I'm happy to do it, of course, but I can't be around the world. And there's there are dentists that that work specifically with sports teams. Get it done professionally. But yeah, give me a call if you're concerned about it at all. You can give call now for a virtual consultation. We'll give you contact yeah. information later.
1: dot <laughs> com. So, uh. What is, okay, so let's go into the update on the coronavirus. What is going on? I know that we're all getting, we're all getting stir crazy. Um, So look, when we get back from the break, we've got to go to break and hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back, and then you'll give us the update.
4: Okay, I'd be happy to.
3: All right, we'll be right
1: back. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills. Because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His Patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So, if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs, from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200.
0: We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, MiaStJohnFoundation.org and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit MiaStJohnFoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives
1: of those who need it the most. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening to
0: In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Mia St. John blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. <coughs> and we're back.
1: Lauren Ripkin, with us and he's going to give us the weekly update. That's okay. Well, Rickkin. hi everybody again. I know that we're we're all like uh, going crazy like when is this going to end? This stay at home.
4: You know, that's a good question. We are looking forward. We're chomping at the bit to get our offices back open. I'm getting lots and lots of calls from patients that really want to get their teeth cleaned and continue with treatment. I think they're they're pretty comfortable coming back to the dental office. I think uh, the CDC and, of course, the state and and everyone's concerned about controlling the spread of the virus, and they want to make sure that the dentists and dental offices are always prepared for the new protocols and we've been thinking about this since day one. You know, as I said from your past shows, we've always been super involved with sanitation, sterilization, and prevention of cross-transmission of diseases. Our protocols have enhanced uh, uh, sanitization and sterilization. have always been there in dentistry. OSHA has been with us. We've been involved. So we do have some modifications in the CDC guidelines and uh, when we open, whenever that is, and hopefully within the next few weeks, we will be intaking patients with uh, a slightly different protocol. You know, as I said before, Mm -hmm. we're going to be screening patients on the phone, we're going to be taking their temperature, we're going to be sanitizing their hands before they come in I'm going to have my patients do an enhanced oral hygiene when they come into the dental operatory once everything else is clear. And then, of course, our staff will be wearing even more enhanced uh, PPE, the protective uh, uh, preventative equipment, and, uh, and so patients need to get re- used to the new normal as we all have, just even going to the grocery store. But we'll get through this, uh, but there will be some changes. The CDC has sends out their reminders to everybody. Uh, my staff and I have been constantly in communication about how we're preparing. Uh, we are concerned about the availability of the PPE as everybody is, so they gotta You know, gear up and start producing more of this stuff because there's many more disposables, a lot more time between patient uh, appointments, but you'll get personalized care, and it'll be safe, and we are always going to protect the patients. We're always going to protect the staff and uh, get on with our lives, and and hopefully uh, we'll get some testing in the offices so we can test patients on-site either with the a nasal swab or a saliva test as soon as that comes out from Rutgers, hopefully making it a lot easier to just enter the office and know that everybody is, is safe and protected. Hopefully we'll get antibody tests as well. God willing, we'll get uh, vaccines uh, really soon so that by the end of the year or soon thereafter, we can return back to near normal. But uh, there is a lot of stress even on the dental practices, um, I know that you're a big advocate for mental health and the dentists are concerned, right. the, the staff, the staff is concerned about losing their job, uh, losing income. You know, we're going to be losing income in the dental practices and mental practices because we can't see the same number of patients per day, uh, because we have to do more procedures in between. And part of that's good and part of that's a little concerning for the staff. Uh, we want all our staff to return full employment, uh, I want them. I love all my staff; they're like my family. And uh, but we have to be realistic financially, so we're just concerned about that. Of course, the practices, the dentists and physicians themselves, have lost a lot of income over a month or two. It's uh, it's pretty right. significant right. because our overhead uh, is so high. Yeah, and, but yeah. But the whole are doing the whole country. Yeah.
1: consultations, right? Yeah, I can do virtual consultations.
4: They're they're free, and it's uh, you know I have time now, and and I've already got a few lined up today, and I'm getting quite a few. Uh, and, and as such, um, this is a great way for patients to get their questions answered and actually uh, avoid having to travel and come into the office just for that one initial appointment. So if they want to give me or their dentist a call, a lot of a lot of dentists and physicians are doing virtual consultations right now. That's a great great thing to do right
1: well, now. Well, and the- When are we able to actually go in and, say, get a teeth cleaning?
4: Uh, Teeth cleaning are not considered an uh, emergency or urgent care. So as soon as they start to open up uh, officially, we'll be able to start getting the teeth cleaning. You know, I'm still available for emergency and urgent care. Um, But cleanings, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess now probably mid-June you know as things we have to go week by week yeah. and see how this virus is is disappearing and what we can do to be prepared for that
1: yeah we're in california there? so i believe i we're in california can you hear me
4: mhm yes i can sorry
1: guys for having like technical issues today um but we're in California, so I believe our our stay-at-home orders are still now uh, at the end of May, right? Aren't we at the end of the May end now? Of it was May 15th, and now it's mm-hmm. May 30th.
4: That's correct. That was the last but, official date that I have heard. I and
1: that. I... It's yeah. crazy because I think that that all dental offices and any doctor's office is considered essential. I mean, because we're dealing we're dealing with our health and
4: we're dealing with our health. I'm
1: really I'm surprised that it's not considered essential.
4: Well, you know, there's, there's levels of treatment that can be delayed and can be put off a little while. There's some things that, are, you're right, cannot be uh, delayed. You know, pain, infection, uh, surgeries that will help uh, prolong someone's life, uh, cancer surgeries. Those are things that are essential surgeries or essential treatments. Teeth cleanings, although I think they're incredibly important for general health and preventative health, and obviously so do you cause you take such good care of your, of yourself. Uh, they're not considered at this time because of this uh, strange environment that we now live in, this new challenge of the, uh, the virus, we want to prevent and minimize the amount of cross contamination, social distancing and all that. But until then, Patrick, my recommendation is so go ahead. No, I I'm saying it, it's a shame because I, I think, cleanings and and oral hygiene is the foundation of dental care and prevention that keeps you from having a lot of problems. And I think it's essential. But uh, until then, we have to do what I consider my enhanced oral hygiene home care uh, at home. So that's what you need to do. Follow my Instagram. I've got a whole list of what to do on that.
1: And your Instagram is at Dr. Lawrence Rifkin DDS. So if anyone That's wants correct. to follow, the, follow you and get the information on that, I found it very helpful for me. Um, your Twitter is at Lawrence Rifkin, correct? And
2: the
4: yes.
1: website
4: is com.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us that update. Thank you. And join us next week. We have another exciting show lined up.
0: Thank you for tuning in to In the Ring with Mia. Be sure to join host Mia St. John for the next show on Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, you are one of the most important people in the world.